Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. podcast can explore potentially sensitive and triggering topics throughout each episode, including but not limited to mental health, physical health, trauma, addiction, and even death. If at any time you become triggered or impacted, please connect with your local resources or report to your local emergency room. Ahead of the Game is not intended to be a substitute for professional mental advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All opinions expressed by Ahead of the Game guests are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of the Ahead of the Game host, Sage Elite Healing, or its team of professionals. Always seek the advice of your licensed medical professional regarding questions or concerns with your mental and physical health. Please know there is help and you're not alone. Welcome back again to another episode of the Head of the Game podcast um, with myself, Mark Van Steenberg, and my co-host, uh, Mr. Zach Moore and Mr. Brandon Bostic. And today we have an exceptional guest. I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. We have NFL veteran. Brandon Sokol Coleman, um, and I could probably give you so many other titles, but I'm going to let you do the talking for that, my man. So, um, welcome, man. Thank you so much for joining us. What's up, everybody? I'm glad to be here with the family, with the Sage Elite Healing Team. Yes, sir. Uh huh. Welcome, so, thank you for coming, man. Thank you for joining the team. Yeah. So I want to um, start off, you know, what are you up to these days? I see uh, I'm following you on Instagram. Uh, I know that you're, you're doing a, a clinical or certified breath work stuff. Yeah. You're doing some sound healing. I see you doing yoga. I see you fully yeah. focusing on yourself, man. Um, yeah, that's what sure. I see when I'm scrolling. So I, yeah, I would yeah. love to I, mean, I think the social media side of it, obviously, it highlights, you know, um, just whatever I choose to be vulnerable with and showing right. my practice. That's, that's essentially what it is. And um, it started with, you know, highlighting being vulnerable with my, my yoga journey and that healing process, um, recovering from the injuries that I, you know, suffered in the league and um, just throughout my whole career. And from that, I, that sent me down this further journey of exploration, you know, um, exploration of self, and um, with, you know, meditation practice, incorporating that into my daily routine. And it was kind of like one thing led to another that the meditation led to really diving in more to breath work and pranayama and how that the breath is um, healing to the body. And, and then the breath led me to sound. Sound healing is, you yeah. know, is really my jam right now. Um, and sound is just another form of energy caused mm -hmm. by vibration and that's um when and people say like man that that's he got good vibes or you know uh positive vibrations like they really don't really understand the meaning of vibrations mm -hmm. and frequencies and i studied that a lot more over the last um year as, as well as the breath and um and now i'm finding ways to creatively uh, hold space as a facilitator as a practitioner and offer um, these services to our community just because I see there's a lack of representation in this field mm -hmm. of mindfulness, of um, wellness, and as a whole. 
um, the whole diversity, equity, and inclusion parts. And I wanted to do my part as um, in being that change maker. And then um, that ties back into what I believe in the core values of Sage Elite Healing stands on. Yeah, I mean, I think That's awesome, my man. I mean, well That's said so there. I mean, him say daily routine, Mark. <laughs> daily practice those, those are two key words that i know um like just just i know it's just so good to hear that because i know that's very important in my life too for sure so when you were in the league were, were you into meditation while you were a player to be honest no um what about yoga I was, I was into yoga okay i was doing i was doing yoga um the time my, my partner she was a yoga instructor and that kind of, you know, was the influence in my life. And then we at the Saints, they had a yoga instructor come in once a week, you know, towards I think towards the end of my career, the last year and a half, she was coming on board um, and just offering her services. And it was more, you know, at that point, it was more me focusing on the physical part. And that's why that's all I thought yoga was yeah. at that point. Right. And I, it took me you know, more years of practice to understand that that's, that's it's more than that. And I, I had no idea that there were eight limbs to yoga. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I had to really, you know, unpack that. So, yeah, it started then. Um, but I'll tell you I, even a funny story, uh, just, to lighten the, just to lighten the mood a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I discovered my uh, high school yearbook uh, not too long ago. And it looked <laughs> like for my senior year, right? I had, you know, they had all the like the uh, the extracurricular activity clubs and everything. Yeah. Why was why was I the only male in the yoga club picture? Oh, right. That's so, awesome, yeah. Saw when I saw the picture, I was like, "This got to be photoshopped," because I know for a fact yeah. I was into a yoga club in high school. Right. Mm-hmm. It was all. It was like at least 20, 20 25 girls. You don't in remember the picture. that? No, but I remembered, and then I had to think about it, like what happened, like, all right, they take all those pictures on the same day. So I just, whatever, because I was big man on campus, I probably was just like, uh, no, I'm about to just photo, oh, take, uh, yeah. I'm uh, about to photo bomb their, their group picture and be the only guy in this yoga, yoga picture. Oh, and now so, fast forward. Yeah, you know, some yeah, f- some foreshadowing come, for you, man. Man, I, I was like, that's crazy, like how, how everything awesome. worked out. Uh, do you still have like some of your teachers that you talk to or no? It, it, um, uh, it'd just be dope to ask them, like, was I into yoga or was that just, I don't know. I was just I didn't, how that I story didn't, pan out. There are a couple teachers that are still there, but I never asked them if I was, to, uh, about that part of it. Um, uh, but I did, um, a lot of my teachers would probably remember me from doing tap dance at high school. I did, I did tap dance for two years. Oh, dope. Like, oh, I had a tap wow. dancing team. Yeah. Not, yeah, like I went to a fine arts high school, so you either you know what I'm saying, like you had to yeah. do, you oh, you know, had to have a skill, um, like some, a... some type of you had to do some type of art dance. Um, oh. I did the first two years. I was I was in arts class, and then I, I changed to tap dance my my junior and senior year, and that was the that was probably the most fun you know I oh. ever had, like because it was challenging mentally. Nice. Oh. Um, so. Biko, I wanted to ask you, um, so, you know, in conjunction of what, you know, you're, you were practicing in the NFL and where you're at now, and, uh, you know, I'm really familiar with what you do now, but mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I, you know, want to 
stress to athletes, you know, especially playing now is the transition. Now, mm-hmm. how did you, you know, transition from, you know, NFL player to where you're at now? How was that whole process like? Because, you know, many of us go through, you know, identity <laughs> crisis and all of that stuff right, and trying right. to figure out what's next. So how right. did you make that transition? How you go well, from catching was, the deep ball to so-called? But it was not easy. I'm going to tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it was – that was the whole process in itself because of the way I exited, right? I had um, coming off neck surgery, coming off hip surgery, one month apart from each other at the top of 2018. And and at that moment, I'm thinking very, I'm thinking very linear, right? I'm at the point where I'm I'm big macho man that I'm I'm preparing myself mentally to be comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care what type of surgery I just had. I know I can will myself back to come yes, back sir. on this field. And that's what that's my whole mindset, right? That's what got me there. That's what's gonna that, push me through. That's what got me there. <laughs> and, and like I'm and I and because I was so close to getting, you know, that that extended contract, like a three or four year deal. And I was on one year league minimum deals the whole time. So I was like right there on the edge. And I was like, nah, I'm not about to let this you know, bear, I'm not about to let this hurdle knock me down and keep me down. So I'm, right. I was focused on that. Long story short, I rehabbed that whole off season, and I realized the impact of having neck surgery took a toll on me mentally and emotionally that I really wasn't prepared for. I did not have the tools to mm-hmm. handle and navigate the trauma that I was experiencing. I did not have the emotional intelligence to communicate what I was actually feeling to my support system, to the people in my corner who were um, doing the best that they could to make me feel loved. I didn't know how to receive that in a vulnerable state because I was, I was on crutches and I couldn't turn my neck for at least two months. Mm. And I was just Mm. like, I was like, damn dog. Like (laughs) I was, that was heavy. Fast forward. Um, this is off season or during the season? This was off season. Okay, off season. This is off season, and then um, I'm I get to the point where I get the training camp. I don't pass the physical. They they put me on um, they put me on like IR, and they was like, let's you know, let's see if you can you know train up and rehab, and let's see about you know in the next two and a half months, and we get you on the later end of the season. Yeah. And I was working, working, working. Uh, didn't didn't quite get there, obviously for you know for good reasons. And then I was like, damn, like it's coming to an end, huh? Like it came mm-hmm. to an abrupt stop. And then I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. I had my degree and you know from Rutgers, um, but I still I, I wasn't like ready to transition into like the real world workforce. Yeah, like so I I what came back. This? How old were you? Like how old were you? Twenty five. Oh, 25. I was 20. I was 25, bro. You when they talk about like, I was like, dog. I don't know what's going on right now. Right, right. Yeah, and that's 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 the thing. Like that's the scariest part. So for my transition, I went through it when I was like 29, 30. Um, mm-hmm. Even talking with younger guys that I play with now, who were who are the same age you were, 24, 25. You know, they have and you know and that phone stops ringing. They have absolutely no idea what the next step yeah. is. And um, that's why I'm glad to be in this position to kind of help guide them 
um, through that because I necessarily didn't have that when I was transitioning. And like you said, like that can be a scary feeling, you know, when you start to realize like, man, this really could be over. Like now what's next? What is the, what does the next 30, 40, 50 years of my life look like? So yeah, man, that's why I would really want to stress to listeners out there, athletes. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, you should have a plan B or focus on that, but you should definitely right. have things in mind that, um, you know, you can really build a life with outside of sport. Cause whether you walk away from the game or, you know, it decides to walk away from you, mm-hmm. um, you really need to have tools to, um, be able to set yourself up for the next stages in life. Nah, for sure. I think, I think a lot of guys get caught up on this. I think it's two, I think it's two mindsets. Either you got guys who come into the league and they, they like, man, I don't, I can't have no plan B. Mm-hmm. I, I won't allow myself to have a plan B like this. That was my mindset. You know what I'm saying? This is plan A and it's, and it's got to work. That's all right. I got. And then, then there's guys that come in or there's guys that evolve to the mindset of, you know, not putting all the eggs in one basket and understanding that the, this is a temporary gig. Like this was, this is not a forever career, right? Right. It's at some point, this is going to come to an end. So they start preparing for that transition, either when they come in or, you know, they have people in their corner resources that are guiding them um to to start to do that and so i was on that fence in between the two and um so when i got out in the transition i came back home i think the biggest thing that i was interested in was i knew that i wasn't going to i didn't have the um i didn't have it in me to just go straight to a nine to five right i just was like i don't i don't know if i'm ready to go into that type of environment and so for mm-hmm. the, I think that whole I think that whole season of me not playing, I spent t- more time watching Shark Tank and trying to figure out this entrepreneur life mm-hmm. <laughs> and just reading up and educating myself on books, um, you know, articles that, you know, things that interest me. And I started putting all my energy and effort into that and just like, you know what, I'm going to just figure I'm going to bet on myself again and see what I can make shake in that in that part of the transition and um and then one thing you know you learn you 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 make your risk you learn from your mistakes and you find your way into a, you find your way into something that actually works for you eventually and then i think you know when i got around the pandemic um because this was this was like 2019 20 top of 2020 right before the pandemic hit then that mm-hmm. happened and I was like, man, like I have so much more time to focus on myself, on my self-healing. Yeah. And because I don't mind being by myself, I didn't mind being in my apartment. Like I was like, this is this is a safe place for me anyways. Mm-hmm. I've been new that we could network like this anyways. I don't really <laughs> like I don't like really being a lot of, uh, you know, uh, community events and networking like rubbing shoulders that like i get anxiety my anxiety gets super high me too you know what I'm saying when i get when i gotta like network with people that's not like you and i like you know what i'm saying like if it's yeah. if you ain't rock the same path for real you're not really going to understand where i'm coming from so i was uncomfortable with that but with uncomfortability comes growth when you put yourself in that situation so Definitely. I, I challenged myself in that way um i got exposed to different things different lanes and um but i was really taking a lot more it's um i was really taking a lot more focus on the mindfulness aspect of it 
and right and that's when i kind of got in deeper into my meditation practice and i realized that there was like i said a lack of diversity mainly mm. voices in that space right mm. well i mean i and and i absolutely agree with you i mean i and i'm going to speak openly and, and freely here i mean as, as a white clinician um i work predominantly um with men from the black community and that i absolutely wholeheartedly believe that it is imperative that um there is some form of access and your healing from somebody that actually looks like you and can be represented by you mm-hmm. so that is an actual huge thing and that's actually something that goes all the way across the country is access to care for black men and, and black men being able to access care. So that that's a huge component. So as a clinician, I'm tipping my hat at you. So and, man, and man, thank dope. you so much for stepping into that role. Um, you so know, I got a football question. Uh-oh. Uh, what was it like playing for Drew Brees? I, I, I was thinking well, about was... like me, you, Zach, all play for like Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, you Tom Brady. I got goosebumps the first time I walked into the locker room as a as a undrafted rookie, and I was um I was like I was trying not to be like that that fanboy you know, that star that star that was kid me. like you know what I'm saying <laughs> that like was me in the like, huddle oh, yes sir I'm in the huddle yes sir yes sir I'm like yes, sir. <laughs> not even in the huddle yet I'm in a locker room and I'm looking across and I'm like damn that's Drew Brees locker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, Dan, look at all the, cause you know, like quarter, like Tom, Drew, they got all this stuff in their locker. Yeah, like they've yeah. been there already for at least <laughs> like a, a palace, like years. Kids I'm like, I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> I'm like, sheesh. I was like, so that was amazing to me. But yeah, being in the huddle, catch, my first catch was a touchdown pass from Drew Brees. Oh, what route was it? Wow. It was a flat route. It was a simple, uh, it was a simple <laughs> uh, slant flat route. I caught the flat. Uh, um and I scored. I was like, dog, like I was ready to retire. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to do my movie. Movie, right? Like, how many people can say that? Yeah, <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, man, yeah. I, I, I kind of got that same. I kind of got that same feeling. I thought I won a Super Bowl. It's like, well, rookie year, I won a Super Bowl with Brady. Like, what else yeah, is there to do shit, now? You reach <laughs> the can't get no higher than that. It. I can go. I can go out and do whatever else I want to do now. Yeah, that same year I met President Obama. It's like, all right, like I done did everything. Like I don't know anybody else that yeah. met the president, especially the first black president. So. Come on, come on. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. I um, speaking. I have a football question, um, and we ask this question to all football players that come on. Um, a couple episodes ago, we were t- discussing. Um, your preparation for the game. And I guess my question is, which bus did you take? One, two, or three? Bus two. You took bus okay. two. Okay, I'm running a tally. Okay. I ain't thought about that in a minute. That's a great question. So let me ask. Like, why are you on what, bus two, Cole? Yeah, why are you on the bus, t- bus two? Like, what was your well, routine? Like, what's your uh, routine? What's your pre- I think, pre-game routine? I think, uh, but I don't know, something, something about the energy of Bus 2, the people that, the, the group of people that was on Bus 2, I know for a fact we had Mark Ingram on Bus 2, uh, we had certain trainers that was on Bus 2, like, and that sat in the front, and it was just, a, it was a lot of love, and we had, like, our own, like, it was like our own little clique, and, if yeah. you, and you came on Bus 2, you got checked. 
You know what I'm saying? Hold on, that's that's my seat, bro. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, get up off that. You can't yeah, sit yeah, nowhere yeah, in the yeah. back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that's awesome. So, so Zach, you're one. Brandon, you're three. Saul, you're yeah. two. So you're that's right that. there in the middle. I had to get that early bird. I mean, I gotta get I gotta get to the stadium. You know, I gotta <laughs> see, see see what the field look like, what it feel like, the 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 crowd of people, where yeah. everything is. You know the um. The um the play clock, like I gotta see what all of that is. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I'm on third bus. I'm I'm, I'm slow motioning. I'm last minute. I'm coming. Out of business. I ain't want to be there. I ain't want to be there too early and just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. And then I ain't want to get there too late. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I knew I had a lot of stuff to do. You know, getting dressed. And getting, yep. You know, getting in the hot tub, do a couple. Mm-hmm. Are you just getting a hot tub and all that? Yeah, yeah. I got in the hot tub for a quick like seven minutes. That's that's one that's one of the biggest reasons why I took the early birds. I know, like when the veterans get there later, like it's over with. Yeah, that's dope. It's interesting. Um, you know, you were talking earlier, and I'm gonna I'm gonna circle it back um, to a little bit more serious conversation in regards to self exploration, mm-hmm. right? And I think when we talk about self exploration, we think that it's you know it, it's easy peasy. We find a nice cuddly book and we like we walk on a nice hiking trail, and we just explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it actually it's one of the dirtiest things that we've ever had to do. And I was wondering, you know, through your self exploration, you know, you getting into the sound, into the meditation, and the books. Um, what were some of the, your guiding forces through that self exploration? The guiding forces for me really came from. Uh, it really came from, like my relationship with my grandfather, you know, who's now passed, he transitioned in 2018, right? At the time, like same year I had the surgery on my mm-hmm. neck and on my on my hip, like he transitioned later that year, like the week of Thanksgiving, right? And so he and I was like super, super, super close, super connected. And I felt his energy still to this day, like I can feel his energy with me and that was comforting right um my grandmother had transitioned two years before that and feeling her energy you know um in a way that i hadn't experienced before when that when that when those tears were coming you know when i was in the when i was in my apartment by myself and it was you know in the middle of the night and or i'm looking in the mirror and i'm just i mean like i'm i'm just unsure of like i was able to hold on to that space uh, and hold on, like to their smile on their face for real. Like, um, I remember times. I remember a time I was meditating, and I had uh, B. I see your dog in the camera. Like, you know, I had a dog, and but I had to, uh, I had to let him, I had to let him go right during the pandemic because I was no longer able to like take care of him. I had a cane corso, mm-hmm. and I was downsizing my crib at the time. And he just, he was coming from a big space, so he was used to it. He wasn't going to be able to move into a small apartment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some apartments, like, they don't let certain dogs mm-hmm. yeah. in their place anyways. And I was just at a fork in the road that I had to, like, you know, surrender my rights to the dog. And that was literally the hardest thing I ever had to do, mm-hmm. like, emotionally. I wasn't, like, I, I, don't got no, I don't have no children, but that was the closest thing I've had to a kid for three years straight. And to surrender him in that moment hurt so bad. But I bring that up to say one day, you know, I was meditating and in the practice, I think the prompt was like, 
think of like three things that bring you joy, right? First thing I thought of was my nephews, right? Second thing that came up just naturally was my dog. And then that's when I started, like I broke down crying. Like I, but I didn't want to feel that feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm in my apartment by myself. Nobody else is with me. I don't have, I'm not recording anything. It's my own personal practice. And then I'm like, yo, I don't want, I don't want to go down this route right now. This is not why I sat down on this mat mm -hmm. today. You know what I'm saying? And yep. then I was, I literally tried to stop myself, but, and, and tried to open my eyes. But for some reason, my eyes wouldn't open. And I kept the same image of my dog, you know, where we was at at that time, what I had on, the park we was at, like everything. And then I just allowed myself to cry. I allowed myself mm -hmm. to like let it go. I said, dang, bro, like you really got to let this out right now. And it's, and it's okay, right? It's mm -hmm. little things like that, that that would happen in the journey with the breathing, with the meditation. But then... Two minutes later, I'm back smiling at a memory of me and him. So that's mm -hmm. the process. That's the, you know, that's the dance, if you will, right? Like you said, yeah. it's not all unicorns and rainbows, right? <laughs> right. That I have. Sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, bro. It's and people, and I think that's the misconception about the self, you know, um, the self-discovery process or the, you know, there is work that needs to be done. And some, you know, some people refer to it as shadow work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, for me, I had to really understand what that meant. I think a lot of people take for granted their shadows in the first place. And this is a concept that I was I was thinking about, like, you know, over the last two years you know, on a nice sunny day, you taking a walk, you know, you taking a walk on the on the park and you look down and you just notice that you don't see a shadow there. And the sun is out. Mm -hmm. And there's no, and then you just look down, you don't see a shadow, and, and people, you just like, damn, where my shadow at? Mm -hmm. You know, people don't say that, you know right. what I'm saying? But like, that's a relationship with that, with that side of you. That's oh, a, yeah. that's that's that is clearly a part of you, right? You know what I'm uh, saying? I so like that. that's thoughtful. You know I'm what I'm saying? Like that. Yeah. So that visualization really sat with me, and I was like, yo, I have to work on. Wherever I go, my shadow come with me. Whether I no, acknowledge no. it, whether I acknowledge it or not, my shadow was with me wherever I go. You know what I'm saying? So I need to build, I need to work on that relationship with my shadow and acknowledge that. And listen, like, you know, same thing with your ego. You gotta, I don't think you gotta kill your ego. You just gotta work on the relationship with your ego. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that's no, that's that's huge. I think, and I and I think that goes into like the whole mental health component too. Um, you. you know, yeah, you know, understanding that it's it's a long term process. It's you know, it's emotional relapse after emotional relapse, and writing the ship and writing the ship and and over and over and over again. Um, so no, that's huge. Um, in regards to your meditation, is there like a specific style that you like to to roll with? Um, in the beginning, I just used mm -hmm. to. Um, I used to, in the beginning, I was, it was hard for me to find a voice, a guided meditation that I could, you know, yeah. um, so like really surrender to and just, and not um, focus on that. And so I started off just listening to frequencies, you know, whether it was 528, mm -hmm. 432s, um, mm -hmm. and I would mix them up just depending on, you know, whatever I felt like I needed at the time. 
Yep. And then I got into the breath work and, and, and doing breath work as meditation, like really taking time to work on, you know, uh, a four, seven, eight and just do that for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. straight, you know, or do, you know, uh, the fire breathing. Right. And, and work on that. So uh, explain the four, seven, eight. So the four, seven, eight for people who, who aren't familiar with that technique is a practice that helps stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your um, which is your rest and digestive side of your body. Right. And so four means you inhale, th- you know, through your nose for a count of four. The seven is a hold. The holding at the top is creating space, you know, at the top between the inhale and the exhale. So you hold for a count of seven. And then when you get to seven, you exhale slow and in control through your nose for a count of eight, right? And so you, you're you doubling the exhale from the inhale, but there's a hold of a sweet spot of seven in the middle. And you get in a rhythm and a routine of that, you're going to start to notice how your body starts to relax. Mm-hmm. You're just literally turning on the relaxation side of your body just by focusing on that. And that's a huge component right there, Brandon, like, you know, going off of your question there is like taking that and and using that mindfulness practice of stopping and dropping, right? Where we're like stopping what we're doing and then we're going to drop into that. We're going to drop into our body, right? And one of the best ways that we drop in, I mean, we're literally standing there in a crowd of people. We just dropped into our body. Yeah. Uh, And that four, seven, eight is like the rainbow road into the Mm -hmm. body. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's that perfect little sweet spot. So, so how many how many times do you do that? Like, do you do a set of like three or four just to? It, it, it really for me, my personal practice. Or are you saying just for like anyone who like anybody that's like starting off trying okay, to do anybody it that's just starting off, I would recommend getting at least three to five. Okay, mm-hmm. like three to five reps. So I'm what I mean reps. So it's four, seven, eight. That's one. Right. That's one round. Right. It, try to get at least three to five rounds of that to really notice a difference right start don't start off just doing it right set set your uh normal breathing and and do that for you know uh uh at least 60 seconds and then build into it because i want you to notice the difference between when you start how you feel and then when you finish those rounds how you feel and then check in with yourself routinely and then as you continue to increase that muscle um, or and expand your diaphragm, you'll continue to notice like the difference in how it makes your body feel. When I think it's also imperative to know that like once you get that system down, every one of our the four of us sitting in this room together, our numbers could be different to be able to get to the point where we can calm down. If we start to mm-hmm. we stop, we drop, we get into that four seven eight rainbow road into the body, right? It might take me eight to seven breaths to get there to calm myself down and right. it might take soul three you know it might yeah. take you brand you know it just depends on the stimuli depends on where we are and depends on how yeah. in control and how good we are in our awareness to slow it down yeah. it depends on what you coming into it with yeah yeah for, for I real saying, i learned that in yoga like i learned how to ground myself using that four seven eight so I start that's a beautiful that's a that. beautiful like up. it's a cheat code bro <laughs> it really is <laughs> it is you know, I don't know. Have you ever um, sat around your house and put tape over your mouth and just did nothing but nasal breath, like just inhale, exhale through the nose? Oh, There's actually know. some studies out there that will they will do that and they will force you to do it for the entire night. Of your I read sleep. a book. I read a book about that. I yeah. read a book about that. I can do it on my own without having to tape 
my mouth oh, together. I can I can be mindful enough to just say, all right, I'm not mm-hmm. going to breathe, you know, through my mouth to like for whatever period of time. For a and day? Then, He's about uh-huh. to say a day? I thought she was about to say it. Now I've never done it for a day, but if I wanted to, I'm pretty sure I could. No, I mean I'll oh, lay there. Crazy. I'll lay. I'll lay there, and even if the game's on, I'll lay there, and I will. I will stop mouth breathing. Yeah, we're stop a cut. We're, we're yeah, a society. You know. We're a society of mouth breathers. Uh, I think as a as a society, we breathe backwards. Anyways, yeah. a lot of us are breathing in and breathing out through our mouth. That's totally bad. And we only use like the top yeah. portion of our lung, right? Yeah. When you're mouth breathing like that, you're only dipping into your lung just like a quarter of the way. And you actually have to. Co explain like the proper way to breathe. Like With, know, the proper way to breathe is down. belly is belly breathing, right. activating mm-hmm. your diaphragm, right? That big muscle that sits, you know, underneath your rib cage, right? Activating that breathing into that is where you start to increase your lung capacity and that's what gives you the power to and the energy that that creates that energy force within your body naturally mm-hmm. right but a lot of us don't activate that we a lot of us are, are moving around here taking short sharp quick breaths and that's yeah. what creates this level of high level of stress right but when we activate that belly breathing we really send that attention send that energy to our belly and then channel it all the way up you're mm-hmm. you're allowing that you know to really um reset your whole system that way man i mean um, you you start mouth if you're mouth breathing your body is, is quite literally in survival mode it, it, yeah. like all of the other senses are like and like we do that day to day you know every day just walking around mouth breathing and we're really sensitized it's a bad habit and it, it's a bad habit and over time like you it's sending your body the wrong signals. It's sending your brain the mm-hmm. the wrong signals, and and then your body just what naturally adapts to it, right? But that doesn't make it right. right. Mark, Mark yeah. I had to learn that, um, you know, just from having like social anxiety and like all that. I had to learn that how to breathe in public because I could be in public like anywhere. I'm like, I need to four seven eight because this is oh, yeah. crazy. I don't want to be here. So once I learned how to do like control my breathing, like you said, Cole, and that deep belly breathing. Once I learned how to do that, now. It kind of lessens my anxiety a little bit when I'm in public or, you know, but before I didn't know how to do that and I'll just be breathing out my mouth, panicking, just going through it. But now I learn how to really calm myself down and ground myself. Just an easy tool. This is another tool in your toolbox now. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, so, you know, the, the thing at Sage Elite, so is we, we focus on mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, right? Mm. And, and we really believe in every member on a daily basis, dipping into those realms. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, as the, as the, you being in the role of a healer and that self-care mm-hmm. being imperative so you can actually lead and facilitate that kind of stuff, I guess, how are you taking care of some of the mentals? How are you focusing on your mental realm? It's a, it's an everyday process for me. Um, the best, the best recipe is to create a routine. So I'm staying in some type of routine, right, where I can get up and um, I can look forward to this part of the process. Because if I, I've noticed when days when I don't, when I miss a routine and I, can, I notice a shift and I'm like, dang, I knew I should have did that. I knew I should have took mm-hmm. some time to ground myself to or I like to say I should have took some time to arrive to a new day, right? 
Like I like that. Every day is a, is a brand like new that. day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's an arrival, right? Wherever you go next, you're arriving there. Yeah, entering and departing. You know, like you're that. entering and, and you know what I'm saying? It's a new day. If we start looking at it like that. So for me, my mental um, and also is, is another sneaky tool that I think is underrated, but it has a huge impact is writing down what I'm grateful for. I've been keeping a gratitude journal for at least four years now, since awesome. August 2018. I just started that. Yeah. And that, 18, like when you was playing, you had a journal? That was that was the oh, last. Oh, that was when you really started. That was the last year that I wasn't playing. That was before I got, that was after I got hurt. So I didn't play that season. Okay, okay. And then I started and like something, like something told me like, man, you need to get a gratitude journal. So even in the midst of all the, you know, the, the negative, the suffering that I was experiencing, I, I found things to be grateful for and document that. Um, and then I, what is also doing now, which is crazy, because now I have four years of what I'm grateful for every oh, day. Martin, love that. You got that data, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. What, that, what that's doing is I now created a whole book yeah. of my story. Every yeah. single day, I found something to be grateful for, even in the midst of the pandemic that we've, you know, experienced all this suffering. Oh, you got the pandemic? Oh, that's dope. It'll be dope. To, oh, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So when I go back and look at when I go back and look at that and and like the the stuff where I had to surrender my dog, like I'm still finding little things to be grateful for. And what I realized was that helped my mental, um, my mental like well-being just stay at a level that didn't allow me to stay in that depressed because it was days where i was feeling depressed and i was still finding things to be grateful for mm-hmm. and so now it's so second nature to me i call it a non-negotiable right it's it's non-negotiable for me to write down what i'm grateful for every day it's non-negotiable for me to practice at least five to ten minutes of meditation and still and sit in stillness you know it's non-negotiable for me to you know have my de- time for devotion you know, in the morning as well. Like I have my list of non-negotiables and that helps keep me, you know, in this space of, all right, I can continue to push forward. Yeah. Damn, that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about I, that. I definitely that, say that's, that's like, I'm glad you touched on that. Cause I've been trying to like write things down myself. I see, I think I know that's the area for me that I struggle in. You know, when I have certain thoughts, I don't write them down or I forget to write them down. So, you know, I'm in the midst of trying to do that. Um, and it's crazy that you said that because one of my former clients who I've trained, um, she created a free your mind journal mm-hmm. and, you know, she gave me a copy and I try to do my best to, you know, write in this thing every chance oh, nice. I get. Um, yeah, really like, you know, write down everything, all my thoughts and everything. I, and I wish I would start on that sooner so I can, you know, um, look back, like you said, on how I was feeling in 2020 and kind of um, be grateful and thankful for where I'm at now. So, um, yeah, I'm going to continue to do that as much as I remember to. Yeah, it bro, definitely inspired me to keep going because I know some days I'm like I don't feel like doing it, but I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna start making it a practice. Don't get me wrong, I've missed days. Right? Yeah. I've missed this, is, wait, this is important. This is important. So I want this is important for everybody here. To, go ahead. That's what, I, that's what I want. That's what I want to touch on. This like this is it's days that I've missed, and I've and it's days that I've been hard on myself, super hard on myself. You guys that's understand how hard we can be on ourselves. We sure, are yeah. our toughest critic. Period. It's just the way we're wired. And so I'm, and then I had to think about, I was like, bro, why are you getting so hard on yourself? Nobody's even grading you on the gratitude <laughs> journal. Right. You're not even, you you're not your even, paper in the day. 
You're not even turning it into anybody. Nobody even knows you're doing it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to realize, like, bro, don't stress yourself out even more, you know, by putting this pressure that you made up. You just yeah, made it. It's that internal self-criticism and you know, it's that battle, sab- internal self-sabotage and self-criticism. Self-sabotage, self-sabotage for me is 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 like is probably one of my strongest. Man, I mean, it's one of the uh, that's the, my shadow, bro. Bro, that's too. hard. It's in my shadow work too. It's hard, bro. But yeah. uh, what I had to learn in that process is this word, five letter word, but it has so much power, grace. I had to learn the power of grace and what that truly means, right? Where grace comes from, because we didn't we didn't earn it, we didn't yeah. deserve it anyways, but yeah. where it comes from, and then how do I now give that to myself? Right? Because I deserve I deserve to give myself grace. I'm be I'll be willing to give anybody else grace before I give myself grace. Oh, yeah. For sure. And that's backwards. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's totally backwards. No, I think grace is one of the hardest things to kind of conceptualize as you kind of climb up the mountain of like self-exploration and, and healing because we want to almost mentally flog ourselves for every little thing that we do mm-hmm. that we actually just put ourselves onto that hamster wheel and we don't really get climbing up the mountain anyways. We kind of just stay there and, and spin, spin the out. wheel. Yeah. We're <laughs> putting all this energy and effort into the wrong thing when it's really the it's really when you not putting out that energy and you can keep it then that's when you're able to actually make progress when i I say that to a lot of people a lot of people that i work with are like hey you know mark i'm 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 trying my hardest i i'm like i'm searching i'm trying to find all these answers i'm trying to find that one thing i'm trying to do all that and and i try to stress that sometimes when we're so obsessed with searching that we don't find what we're looking for we become more obsessed with the search than actually stumbling across it. I found out, for me, I found out it's easier. I mean, when you're searching, right, we, we think we have to go somewhere. Right. We think we have to be on the move. We think we have to do all this. But the best time to search is when you're still. And when you're sitting mm-hmm. still. And when you're sitting still, stillness and in Hell silence. Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do, though. Yes, that that's that the key, is, though. That is a vulnerable space to be is with stillness and silence with yourself. And during yeah, the pandemic, I ain't, that's that. all I had. <laughs> yeah, that's all, yeah, that's all I had. And that was where, like, that's where the work got done. But because I was able to show up each and every day and every day I didn't. Every day I didn't come out on top. Every day wasn't like I said. It wasn't all rainbows. It's not a rainbow. It's <laughs> not. Well, you're gonna take some L's up the mountain, right? You're gonna take some not, L's. You're taking. You're not taking losses. You're taking lessons with you. Yes, sir. True. You Still, know what I'm yeah, taking those it lessons. Had, it had to change. It had to change the way I my perspective of an L. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, that's a good. That, no, that's a huge perspective switch too. Um, I know through all your work and, and what we were just focusing on that mental is that it, it seems that it would appear that what you're doing to focus on your care of your the mental is that it's helping with the the emotional side as well truly man truly i think every because i think all of it's connected i used yeah. to think that all of it was separate the right. physical aspect right the mental aspect i didn't even i really i couldn't even tell you that there was an emotional aspect four years ago you know right. or yeah. you know what i'm saying I, honestly 
that's just I'm just now like I'm an infant to that stage. You know, I'm right. a, I'm at the, it's really bringing me back to where even the meditation they talk about the beginner's mind. You know, and 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 that's the that's the practice as well. Like I don't have to know it all. It's okay to have that childlike exploration, that childlike curiosity when it comes to um, your mental health, your your emotional well being. Right. Yeah. I spent so much time in my life putting all of my energy and effort and in just into the physical basket. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a huge component of, you know, Sage Elite is that, yeah, we, yeah, we do focus on mental. We do focus on the physical, but it's just it's health. It's like it's like we're organisms on this planet and it's all connected here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, spirits like we're yeah. we're spiritual beings having beings. a human experience. Oh, that's, 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 mm-hmm. there it is right there. Um, how are you, how do you focus on your physical? I know you're active in the, in the yoga, but um, do yeah. anything else for yourself physically? Yeah, so I, I, um, I, I don't put, I don't push, I don't push the weights like I used to anymore. Cause around. I'm like, huh? yeah, <laughs> yeah. nah, 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 nah. I stopped I stopped doing I stopped doing that, but what I did I, I got into like you know kettlebells, resistance bands, little TRX, low impact stuff, you know, to keep my functional um, functional moving going for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, that's that's now. that's my sweet spot. You know what I'm saying? Get a couple medicine balls um, and, and and keep it keep it light, but still you can. Zach, you know, you can get some good work yeah, in with a kettlebell. I'm, I'm very familiar man. with it. I'm very familiar with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, you can't sleep on that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, not, I'm, 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 I'm fully immersed in the physical realm. So I've done I know you, a plethora I know you of different training. So the only thing I haven't yeah. done is CrossFit. And I won't ever do that. So. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, bro. Hey, hey, bro. Like that That has always like, that has, but that, yeah. that was, you want to know what? That turned me off when I went to New Orleans because Sean Payton is a big CrossFit guy. Oh no! Nah. Uh-uh. All like his work, all like, the workouts like, used to like be like, really like, like that. All the workouts used to be like CrossFit, and that scarred uh, me. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's dangerous." Bro. I was like, "Bro, are you kidding me? We got to do all this right now." And <laughs> I did not like that at all, bro. That was one of the that was one of the downfalls about that. I was like, "Man, CrossFit, bro." Yeah, that's that's super dangerous. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of weird. Has become like a um a worldwide phenomenon. Like CrossFit is really big, and there's like really uh, there's like national competitions. And when you look at it, um, people are doing a lot of reps with like heavy weights, but with shitty and terrible form. It's like that's <laughs> oh, for real. Like if you actually yeah. look at a CrossFit competition, that's all it is. The studies um, gonna come out in the the studies gonna come out the next decade. About yeah. how, how all their uh, their actual like body. bodies yeah. are actually. Ruined. So what's interesting is Noshan Moreno did. I don't know if y'all know that, but Noshan Moreno did CrossFit and he hurt himself doing it. Um, this was like years back when he, um, you know, he was playing. So yeah, like you said, uh, when the data comes out, like it's gonna be data like data gonna come. <laughs> the data gonna come. Back to CrossFit. You know, the other component of the physical realm, soul, and I know that you're really in tune in, in with this, is is what you put into the body. That mm. what, how, what the physical body is processing, the nutrition intake. Zach, I know this is your jam too, um, being yeah. that certified nutritionist as well. This is such an important area that I focus on when I work with people um, 
for therapy is that, mm-hmm. yeah, you're coming to talk to me about what's going on up here, but I'm actually looking at your second brain, which is your gut, gut. Yeah, you know, um, and, and what's going on in that components. Can you, can you share how, how you went down that, that component? Even for me, that's, that's been a huge thing that's evolved. So when I was playing, obviously I didn't have, um, I didn't have that. I was in the beginning, especially when I got to New Orleans, of course I'm eating Popeye's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? The beignets hit different. The beignets hit different in hey, the song. I got to ask you a question. Do Popeye's say different in New Orleans? That's what I'm about to tell you. I'm about to paint. <laughs> Listen, bro, I, I don't know <laughs> what is going on down there, but I got to tell you this. When I got down there in 2014, <laughs> first time I ever had Popeye's in the South in my life. Coming from the North. <laughs> coming from, yeah, coming from the North, coming from the East Coast. And now, even before, like Popeyes has this reputation that is good, right? And especially mm-hmm. in our hood. But yeah. when you get down to New Orleans, bro, it's like, <laughs> listen, I'm about to paint. I, this is how I told my parents the first time I went down there. I said, it's like going from black and white TV to 4K. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, night and day. Man. It's night and day. I remember that first chicken yeah. I looked at. I looked at that first piece of chicken. I said, "Oh, you different." Yeah, <laughs> the real seasoning on it. Shit, I heard I said, that. Oh, I ain't been on there. I haven't been yet. I heard about bro, it, bro. Hold on, hold on. And this one last thing. I remember because I remember my rookie year. I had to go. You know, I had to go get Popeyes for the plane one day. They gave me the long list order, right? And I found out that day they had red beans and rice chicken tender wrap. Ooh. Oh man! What? That sounds delicious, oh, dude. Bro, that blew my mind. <laughs> what, bro? And that was like I don't know if it was like only for a limited time offer or what. But when I found out they had a <laughs> strip wrapped into a tortilla with red beans and rice, bro. <laughs> mm. Your protein, your carbs, your healthy fats, all in one. Jeez, bro. Oh man! The game for me. Um, but where I'm at now with the with the diet, man, I cut <laughs> I, in 2021. I went. I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out the red meat, and I went to straight pescatarian for. I tried pescatarian for a whole year. Um, and that's and only eating was, fish, correct? Yeah, that's only that's, yeah. that's only well, you did yeah, that for only a whole year. fish. Uh, I did it for a whole year. I did it for a whole year, and then I just kept going with it, like into uh into 2022, and now. So right now. I like I try not to like label myself, but if anyone wants to label it, I call it flexitarian, right? So I'm flexible uh-huh. with, with my diet and it's pescatarian, it's plant-based, it's you know, um it's it's in that mix. Like I give myself what my body feels like it needs at that time. So currently, as we're recording this, I'm gonna let y'all know on a little insight. I've been fasting. This is day five. I haven't had solid food since Sunday. Mm. Oh, and I'm man. going six days. You know what I'm saying? So you so eat nothing straight. or water? I'm, it's water, water, smoothies, fresh juices, fresh fruit juices, and then um, tea. Like How long are you teas. going for? I'm doing six days this time. Normally, I just do three days a month consistently or consecutively, and I just reset my body once a month. That's my body's once a month reset, detox, you know what I'm saying, whatever it is. I pick three days out of the month. But because Thanksgiving was last week, I was like, all right, I'm going I'm to fast yeah. after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. clean out the system. But then I realized I was like, you know what? I might as well just go through the first three days of December and get that out of the way 
mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So I could just have the rest of the year to, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, to, to, to finish Worry out. A bit. Yeah, you, you got a little more flexibility. A little bit more flexibility. You know what I'm no, saying? That's, that, that's hey, huge. Cole, what think... you like to eat? Like, what's something you like to eat? Like, if you want to grub out and pick out, what is it? If I want to grub out and pick out and just like. Oh, no, it's pizza <laughs> or wings for me. I'm a big Yeah, I, like, I, like, I love pizza. I'm from Chicago. We do pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you say the first thing that came to my mind was a good Lido's pizza. Y'all ever heard of Lido's pizza? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not where that's at. pieces it's out here in the in the uh, uh the DMV, the DC, Maryland, okay. Virginia area. But I would that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um and then Did I you said Lido's or Lido's? Lido's, L E B O Leo's. Lido's Lido L E D O S. Got it, Lido. That, that's that's one of the most greasiest pieces <laughs> you know what i'm saying um but the thing is like dairy like dairy and cheese now that that don't sit well with my yeah. stomach because i yeah. gave up i gave up dairy too um except for like my mom's mac and cheese on occasion like thanksgiving like i get a small corner of it right but I just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? i can't all the way just yeah that's cool for thanksgiving that's yeah. what i'm in school you have thanksgiving now i had i had a scoop and a half <laughs> <laughs> now you fasting though you good now you good yeah that's what i'm saying like because i knew i knew the fast was coming so i'm like yeah. you know what i'm get an extra scoop. i'll be able to i'll be able to get it on the back end mm-hmm. <laughs> now that's that cheese is about the only like cow's milk that i will intake i mm. i can't i can never walk away from cheese i love it yeah milk more you like cereal so much uh, well i you use almond milk without milk I, no, I eat, I eat almond milk or oat milk. Okay. I I, I kind of uh-huh. did away with all of that, but yeah, I'm a cereal freak. Um, um, <laughs> um, yeah. Mark, Mark uh, the uh, real cereal killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Soul, I know um, also in that spiritual realm, you really dip down into that spiritual realm and connect. Um, I guess, yeah. uh, what are some of the guiding forces and how do you dip into that on a daily basis? I know we've been kind of been laying it out in the previous yeah, conversation, yeah. but. I think for me, I think once I realized that everything is connected and identify myself like as a spirit and acknowledge that, and then I just happen to be present in this body as a temple and mm-hmm. you know my body is actually you know carrying my spirit carrying my soul wherever i go into this into this realm and acknowledging the fact that you know the spirit in me is being guided and led by a higher power you know you know god so he is in me and then i realized like wow like with that connection i'm able to have this um I'm able to have this awareness that I can move now that I don't have to just be caught up into this 3D realm. Like when I'm talking from a spiritual level, like I really feel like that there comes with, you know, when you continue to, you know, change up your diet, when you continue to be mindful of of how you move and, and how you treat people and what you put into your body, like when you put living things into your body, when you eat a lot of living fruit and living plants, you become a living being and that really allows you to um, transcend or um, awaken in a sense uh, to this spiritual side of, you know, this world that we experience. Um, And for me, like I said, it connects, it connects me, it keeps me connected to my ancestors. Um, It keeps me connected to 
um, the birds. It keeps me connected to the animals. It keeps keeps me connected to nature. I think nature is another like. Uh, oh, Mark, love that hidden gem. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I think nature is another yeah. hidden gem, right? And that's why, like, yeah, like Mark, you you go hiking, you can camp out for however many days if and you know if you needed to. But that's the medicine that fuels me to keep going and keep like wanting to tap into that. You know, yeah, I mean, that's you're hitting the nail right on the head there. Uh, and I think I think that's such we have so much untapped uh, potential. Mm-hmm. Um, we I think for so many years we've we've developed this really big belief that the human race is separate from the animal kingdom and earth and the plants and everything. We, we kind of put ourselves on this pedestal to think that, you know, we, this is, this is our realm and it's really not. And there's so much more there. Um, you know, going, speaking on my personal path is like, I've, I've connected with like local shamans and stuff like that to Mm -hmm. focus on my, some of my stuff and, you know, learning the power of, uh, understanding animals in the animal kingdom and them crossing your path as a human is like, there's a lot of messages that we have been totally disconnected from. Missing. Um, they go over our heads. We don't even see them. They we go over our heads. Yeah, we drive past it and be like, oh, that's a stupid deer. Well, no, that deer actually, there, there's a very specific message there with that deer. You know what Especially, I mean? Especially, yeah. we talk about deers and at the same time, sound. Right. Sound. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just that siren. People yeah. think it's random. Or people, be like, get frustrated at the fact that, you know, that it's because out of their control. It's all connected, right? right? Everything is connected. The sounds of the traffic, the sounds of conversations, the birds. It's so many times now that I've noticed a hawk crossing my path. Yeah. Or, just, or a hummingbird. Right. I see hummingbirds and I'm like, oh, I know for a fact that's my grandmother. Yeah. Like, that's just where I'm at with it. From my from my understanding and my in my education that all winged creatures carry messages from the great spirit. How can they not? You know, a butterfly. Is so, yeah. A butterfly is, is very beautiful for sure. But at the right. same time, it's coming with a message. And this is another yeah. one like this happened to me. At, I'm going to tell you a quick story. This happened to me at uh, Thanksgiving. Um, I'm sitting out on the the deck with my a uh, couple of my family members. We sitting we sitting around talking about a story. Next thing you know, a wasp a wasp comes and lands on my leg. They freak out. They panic, and I I, I notice it, but I don't move. I don't budge. And they was like, "Damn, cuz what what you?" you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that thing, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, I like, I like. He didn't come here to sting me. He came here to charge up. He came here to just connect because he feels my vibration. Bees get bees come around me all the time, yeah, and uh, just be chilling. I've never been stung by a bee, and I will never get stung by a bee. <laughs> Period. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that you were speaking on that 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 component of sound. Um, one of the mo- the biggest things that I found healing when I, I mean, I'm originally from Ohio. I move out here to, to Colorado to get into the middle of nature is that when you're actually out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of nature, um, one of the things that I found to be relieving is that I could hear my brain and my ears trying to find sound, Man, you know, cause we're so around it so much. Keep going, keep going. 
you know, so we're, there's so many sounds that we're used to that is actually overpowering our brain that we're not used to it. So when I went out into the middle of nature, I found my, I could hear the inner workings of my brain, like, yep. mm, like where, where's the electricity? Where's the humming? Where's yep. all of the stuff? Yep. And I, I, my brain finally went, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was kind of like one of those moments. I had the exact same moment. I found myself on a hike in Colorado not too long ago. And on that hike, I stopped literally in my tracks because the, the, the first time I did not hear a bird. I didn't hear a plane. I didn't hear anything. anything. And that's when I had the epiphany that silence has the loudest sound. Yeah. It like we're not used to it. It like overwhelms our brains sometimes. Silence had the loudest sound and I didn't realize how powerful that concept and that truth is. Yeah. It's I, I mean, I didn't really notice it until I was out in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, why my brain is trying to find something. But that's the that's the that's the, um, you know, when I was in my training for sound for sound and energy healing, they were saying like the that's the part that you leave for silence. That's where the healing takes place. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You leave yes. space. You leave space for the silence to allow those frequencies to actually wash through your body. We made up of 70, 80 percent of water. Right. And that's the whole practice of sound healing. Right. We really just washing those frequencies and, and washing the trauma, washing everything that's stagnant out of your body and back into alignment, back into harmony with different instruments, whether it's, it's singing bowls, whether it's drums, whether it's flutes, whether it's percussions, you right. can use a variety of these instruments to get that um, to get that same endpoint. Well, I mean, I, I know um, I, music is a very healing component to my life. I'm one of those type of people that I could hear a certain a certain line, a certain note and the hair on my arms will stand up and I'll get goose pimples on my arms and I'll be impacted by that that's song. Called, that's called resonance. Yes, that, I'm so resonating with that. And I, when I understand that and I had the experience of on the mountain of not hearing anything, that's when it clicked for me as a clinician on how powerful sound is in the healing realm. Mm -hmm. You know, that was an... That was an overlooked sensory component that I, you know, I wasn't picking up when I was first starting out as a clinician. Mm. Um, so huge. Yeah. So, you got yeah. I mean, so speaking of music, what's on your playlist, man? Well, I would say my own. I'm a shameless plug for the Meditation Mixtape Volume One. <laughs> yep, yep. Dropped that this past April. Um, cool. I'm still that was, love, yeah, I love that. Still listen to that, bro. That was a hey, good how, how can I get my hands on that man? I feel left out. Everybody it's know about it. Where it's at. It's, it's on, on all platforms. Don't even worry about that. I'm about to tell you right now, big dog. So you can go on music, you can go on Spotify, yeah. you can go on. I need, I need to put, I need to start putting those on my reels on Instagram. Tag you in them, yeah, man. Yeah, you should, bro. Bro, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, bro. The meditation mixtape volume one, and then another one that you can like. I want you to listen to the next time you go work before you go work out. Listen to affirmations and ad libs. That was a single I dropped. That was a single I dropped. I start my day with that, cause I told you. Day, hey, bro, I can't not start my day with that. That that came up during the pandemic. I was in the. Oh, you I made that during the, the pandemic. I was in the mirror every day reciting those affirmations that you hear on that track every yeah, day yeah. to myself. And then one day I decided to ad lib it naturally. I was just like, I got so hype about it, and I started uh, believing. I started going. believing what I was actually saying, and I ad lib. I was like, hold on, did I just ad lib? 
a affirmation. A whole track. Damn, I was like, affirmation ad libs. Is that a thing? And I was like, huh. But then I realized Issa Rae did the same thing in Insecure. Whenever she was in the mirror, she was talking to herself and she would hype herself up with ad libs and affirming herself. And I was like, damn, I'm about to put the 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 divine masculine touch on it and make a whole, <laughs> and make a whole track on it. And then I just nice. I just went in the booth one time because I had the repetition for doing it at least a year straight. And I just and I just went in there yeah, and did it. Laid the it down. <laughs> I laid it down. I never been in a studio before. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Nice. So so awesome. You gotta hear it, bro. It's good stuff. Like I listen. Like, is, yeah, I can't wait, man. Yeah, I, I yeah, like to listen like, to stuff on my like my morning walk. So I'm I'm yeah. listening to all types of podcasts. That's, the, you, that's the perfect for the morning walk. After yeah. you listen to that, you're gonna want to run through a brick wall. For sure. <laughs> Get me more hype for the gym. I love it. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. Um, so I know. Um, so you, you know, last spring we did uh, an intensive where we had players mm. come join us out here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, we had people come out for seven days where we hiked, we did sound healing and we, we had you come out, um, and meet with the players and, and be a practitioner in those moments. Can you reflect on that time with us, you know, as we kind of wrap up our episode and what that, that meant for you and what you experienced? Yeah, that was truly a humbling experience for me because when I, the reason, one of the reasons why I started was to be able to be that representation for my peers. Mm-hmm. because I knew that I didn't see that representation, you know, in that space, especially for a practice um, as uh, precious as sound healing. And for me, for it to come full circle and for me to reconnect with a former college teammate that I had no idea, you know, would be there, I had lost contact with, you know, just because that's just how it goes. And for me to come back and have that full circle moment and be in that space, that was a humbling experience. I was extremely grateful for it to be able to hold space for my peers, for them, for me to see myself in them and for them to see themselves in me. Right. That was a true mirroring effect. Right. We are what we we see what we reflect. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, to be honest with you, you know, as the clinician um, and, and watching that individual recognize you and it go full circle for him, too. Mm hmm. That that was like that's what I'm kind of getting some goose pimples talking about it as I reflect on it and as he was reflecting on it and sharing on it it was kind of like mind blowing for him and he was like oh mm-hmm. shit it was it was it was such an empowerment that could only be naturally created do you know what yeah. I mean yeah uh, it was it was awesome um, we loved having you man and I and I, I I just uh, I love what you're doing we got more coming yeah. soon you know yeah, we got um, more coming this spring yeah we'll and back for sure. Awesome. And I know that, you know, we're getting ready to, to make that announcement, but you know, we're, we're, we're here on the, uh, on that Sage Elite athletic department. We're, mm. we're assembling the Avengers mm. and we're really just getting started, dude. So mm. I, I, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us. And I appreciate that. I'm a part, I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of this athletic Avengers board for Sage Elite healing yeah. with, with the squad. <laughs> so um, I'm excited to see what we, what we can create together, man. Awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be beautiful, sure. man. Appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time out today to talk to us, man. I learned a lot from you. A lot of things that I'm gonna definitely implement in my life. Um, yeah, and I appreciate you for all the knowledge that you drop. Hey, man, that's that's what that's what we're here for—to help learn from each other and help, um, you know, just continue to pass and pass the good word. Yes, sir. Ski. Awesome. Thank you so much, Soul. Bless Until the next soul. time.
Yes, sir. Wow, what an awesome episode with uh, Brandon Soul Coleman. Uh, I mean, I, I all you had to do is listen to the episode to understand why this dude's on our athletic department, um, mm-hmm. and he's a part of the Sage Elite Avenger team. I mean, this dude is synergistically aligned with us. We had him out um, last May for one of our athlete intensives, and we're going to continue to have this connection even grow stronger. So I love that episode. That was one of the best episodes yet, fellas. It was. I liked yeah, it too. That was, just, that was great. Just to see him, like – being an athlete, to see where he at now, just where he came from, how he went through the transition, just kind of gives me hope. And just someone I want to like embody some of the qualities he have. I'm like, damn, I want to be like that. Or I want to embody those things that he has. So this gives me more inspiration. Like I know I can get there just from. Yeah. I mean, last May when he was out and, you know, speaking about that moment, he was talking about where he saw a former teammate um, that was actually out here for healing with us. And to actually be in in the room and watch those two kind of like have that moment and it come full circle for both of them was kind of like, wow, I wish I like, I wish I could have bottled that up and sold it. You know what I mean? Bottled it up in a bottle and sold it out there because that energy and that feeling of just like, wow, we're, we're all on the same path together. And it was just like all the light bulbs were clicking. It was really magical to watch. Yeah. That's cool to hear him talk, hear him speak. You know, he, you know, I, I can see why he's a, um, you know, like a breath coach, and you know, he has that real yeah. like elegant, flowing voice that just really puts you <laughs> under. Um, you know, he talks so eloquently in this, like, you know, the the level of uh, you know enthusiasm which he put into his business is awesome. Uh, his spirit is great. Uh, like like you say, I'm really glad, really glad to be you know his partner, so to speak, and for him to be on this team with us and help us, you know, grow together yeah. as people and help you know give these tools to other people to help grow and heal as well. He's a great example of kind of like somebody, you know, he reminds me of, uh, you know, Jake Plummer too, right? Mm-hmm. And and how mm-hmm. they both kind of like, they went inward to come outward, you know what I mean? Like they went inward, like into this cave of themselves of like really looking in the mirror and like dissecting all this stuff. And then we kind of see the product um, of that work. And, it, you know, so thank you so much for being on our episode um, you're such a great guest and we cannot wait to do more synergistic work with you on the athletics department. Yes, so, um, please give us a like, give us a follow, um, give us a view. Um, we're operating on all platforms. Make sure you give us um, a like, or again, at Sage Elite Healing at ahead of the game and give us a like on and give us a follow on YouTube until next time, fellas, stay ahead of the game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.